probably things that maybe will catch you off guard. Please just keep in mind that um, there are going to be people of all ages and putting on a, a public face, if you will, um, will be really helpful in, in helping to bring the uh, understanding of what our community is to others. So please take that in mind. I'd also like to thank Stephanie Van Steinberg, who was our registrar. <laughs> and uh, helped out with, I hope, all of you, and um, I know with all of you. And uh, thank you so much, Stephanie. Uh, additionally, uh, there were, there are additional items that are associated with this year's BrickFest and actually past BrickFest that will be for sale downstairs uh, where the registration took place. They'll be for sale after uh, this evening and then again tomorrow, but tomorrow they'll be open to the public too, so if you want anything, please stop by this evening. Um, one thing along those lines is that a double XL polo shirt was sold in error. It was perceived to be a surplus, but it was not. Um, if anybody happened to get a polo shirt, uh, particularly a double XL, and would like to trade it in for uh, a size different, I would uh, really appreciate it, and we'll figure that out. Um, and I would like to then start with a few prizes. All right. Okay. We'll first start with the ones that uh, you all put tickets in for. You're just a computer holder. Okay. Um, you want to have a seat? This is for the uh, great train thing. Again, at Castle. <laughs> there are two, so we will be drawing twice. William Carney.
happen to this when it's uh, when it goes home with Steve Hassan's blood? <laughs>
your name has already been called for something else, one of these types of prizes, let me know. But uh, to speed this up, Christina Lopez. Peter Ehrlich. Fast for you guys. <laughs> 48 minutes. 
excited when I heard about that news, and I assume from the sound of the audience, most of you felt pretty good about that, too. So anyway, now I'd like to carry on and talk about Bionicle. <laughs> Bionicle's our first team, so can we have the Bionicle coordinator up, please? Oh, that's right, where is Kelly? Okay, then can we have the substitute Bionicle coordinator up, please? Credits and highlights. Our Bionicle coordinator, Mark Reinhardt, photographer also Mark, held in room 301. You should get up there and get a uh, look at some of the stuff with some highlights. The, he's actually pulled together an absolutely amazing display. If you haven't actually been up there, total control of all the different things about Bionicle, the collectibles, the shoes, the masks, the movies, you name it, it all seems to be up there. I've never seen a more complete display of Bionicle pulled together in one place ever before. It's pretty darn cool. Thanks very much, Mark. And there was a mock contest. This year's awards, we got the Toa Award, a Turaga Award, and a Matoran Award. Did I say those right? How could I tell whether I said them right or not? So, <laughs> all these were voted on by Brickfest attendees. Uh, they're basically just a, a three-place uh, mock competition. The third-place award is going to be told after I go through the slides that I forgot was here. Matoran Award goes to Zero the Dragon, built by Lee Magdalene. Yeah. Okay. Second place award goes to Sajuk by Eric Christensen. First place award, this is for the best bionicle creation as voted by all of you, goes to Lobanui by Mark Lennox. And now you know why you want to tell it Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for a great, uh, great theme. Next is Castle. I hope all of you got a chance to go by the Castle Room and see some of the great stuff. Get in on the gaming, the Evil Engines competition. Some really cool stuff happening in Castle this year, as always. Castle coordinator is our own Magnus, assisted by assisted by Ed Cole, who, in addition to helping coordinate Castle, also put in what clearly has to be, if they were judging on weight, would have clearly won the Build the Trust competition because the most monster Build the Trust uh, in there. Uh, photographer was Magnus and Ed, room 257, some highlights. Yeah. Sorry? And Ed is a Cool, cool. Well, I just take the slides that you give me. Okay. Uh, highlights, the Evil Engines Catapult Competition, the Castle Steam Building Technique Session, Lenny ran uh, some brick quests, a modular classic Castle City community display, lots of builders in there. Uh, the awards, we had some voted by Brickfest attendees, some judged, small, medium, large mock, CCC wall, CCC building, Castle micro mock, and judged, Master Evil Engineer, funniest mock, and most realistic mock. The winners, that small mark. Old Miller Gustav's Post Mill by Anthony Sawa. <laughs> we, were, we were originally planning to work this side deck. We are going to say kind of what the criteria was. But uh, we didn't think, well, everybody can tell small for medium. Best medium, under, oh, see this is very technical. Oversized X, undersized Y. The Red Observatory, the builder Cindy Ravum. Turning Castle by Josh Levinson.
There you go. Very impressive, Mark. All right then, onwards. The best CCC wall, ye old computer shop horseman's triumph, Joseph Evangelista. Next we have SCCC Building, The Shearing by Ed Cole. There you go, Ed. Next we have Most Humorous, which was judged in Trailer Park by Dave Who couldn't see that one coming a mile away? Actually, if you saw a castle going down the road, it would be a mile away that you'd see it coming. Most Realistic, Lord's Mill by Ben Ellerman. Master Evil Engineer for the Creation, God's Hammer, by Kale Leapard. Congratulations, Kale. That's it for Castle. Thanks very much. Next up, we have Great Ball Contraption, which I was told this was not a contest, but somehow it got turned into a contest. Perhaps it's something to do with the coordinator. I don't know. And I've got to tell you that if there was a trophy for a best trophy, can you possibly, possibly turn down a trophy that is actually a great ball contraption? I mean, how cool is that? I don't know if you guys can see it, but it's pretty darn nifty. It actually, you turn the crank and the ball moves. It's wonderful. Ooh. How many people didn't see that coming? <laughs> Lenny, you dropped your ball. <laughs> All right then. Great Ball Contraption Coordinator, Steve Hasselplug, photographer John Barnes. Great Ball Contraption Room is 336. It's a new theme this year. This theme came out of nowhere. Modular system to encourage community development. It's a daily feeding time. You can see these things run. It is truly an amazing, worrying, clacking, clattering, amazing thing to see them all going. So then, this year's award, best module, best themed module, and most Dream modules. The winners, best module by popular vote, GBC module by Grace Donahue. Okay, next, best theme module, Pirates by Jordan Bradford and Graham Bradford. Extreme module Stargate by Jean-Marc Dupont. Who I think also gets the award for most of the green costume. Are those actually bed sheets made into the, or what's going on there? Yeah, yeah that's what we thought. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's it for GBC. Thanks very much. Next up is Micro. All right, Micro. All right, Micro. Another fan-generated theme. I mean, are we good at creating themes yeah. or what? Yeah, do we rock? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. All right, credits and highlights. Micro-coordinator. Who is this person? How come I've never seen her before? Janie Cook. Micro-photographer. Janie Cook. Micro-winner. No, wait. <laughs> Back there was John Barnes, but he was in drag at the time. <laughs> I hey, that was a low blow even for you, Larry. Micro vignette room 268, operational micro train layout. There was no no drilling or cutting involved in that, right, John? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Replicas of famous sites. On the QT, yes. 
Famous buildings, famous landmarks, micro versions of popular themes, popular sets like Moonbase and Castle. This year's award, best building, best space, best castle, best vehicle, best layout, and best of show. The winners, best building, St. Basil's by Judy Miller. Well, we'll hold that award for us. Now, Janie, can you tell us exactly um, the awards actually being on the uh, thing? Was that an innovation? Was there, was there, was, was there any? It was a perfect idea. Was there any issues at all? Uh, a few? You mean like all of them? No, not all of them. Okay. Oh, okay. And thanks everyone for keeping that a deep dark secret. Uh, the best face, Moon Base, Bram Lambert. Who didn't think that Bram would end up winning another award here somewhere along the way? Haven't we seen this one before? Oh no, this is the real Moon Base that you did last year. <laughs> best Castle, Tower of London by Cole. Isn't it kind of cheating to do a castle micro and then win micro and then win castle? I mean, it's sort of confusing. Okay. Best vehicle, pirate ship by Scott Quirk. <laughs> Best layout by Jason Allen, Micro Farm. Is that? I, have you seen that? Is that a UFO? Are those? Is that like cow mutilation going on there? What's, what's up with that? <laughs> Uh, get over yourself. <laughs> Best of show, Future City, Douglas Broad and Summer Stang. Okay, congratulations to all you micro winners. Sure. Next up is Sculpture Mosaic. And to uh, hand out the awards and say nothing. You didn't get the names in there. Okay, was there an issue with following directions? Okay, just checking. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, room coordinator and direction follower, Felix Greco. Photographer, Domeno. Voted by Great Best Attendees. Best sculpture, best maxi big, best mosaic, most intriguing, and best detail. All right, here we go. The winners. Best sculpture, Angel by David Winkler. See, I can see those white letters. Next up, Best Maxi Fig, R2D2 by Mike Bader. Next up, Best Mosaic, Blue Man by Michael Roberts. Next up, Most Intriguing, Multiplicity by Felix Greco. No, wait, that's not Felix. By Michael Harrod. Felix is just the guy holding the chain. Is there something about chain that you like? What's going on with that? What is it with you and chain? Tonight. Oh, okay, tonight. From the Rockland tonight, see Felix and Shane. <laughs> Best detail, Roxanne by Felix. She's not wearing a chain though, what's up with that? An honorable mention goes to Bill Hutchinson just because this is the most darn amazing undersea thing that I've ever seen in my life. Last year, also a great. Yeah, but still, cool to look at. If you didn't see it last year, you should definitely check it out this year. Okay, thanks, Felix. Better luck next year on the following directions bit. Board process results. That's it. That means we must be done. Oh, no. I put a slide in the wrong place. Wait, there's more scenes?
Okay, I guess I put this slide there on. All the spacers didn't. Okay, right, here we go. Okay, so we got some kind of stuff going on here. Uh, credit, voicing through space. This space coordinator, Leinster and Danner. Do I have to read all this? Okay. Spacey photographers, L. Adams, the key. I did read that thing. Oh, you mean when I read this thing where it says Washington, D.C.? Through space. I did read that part. Perhaps you were in a daze at the time. See, Michael Garrison Rubin. I don't make this stuff up. I just read it off the slide. Space room, third floor lobby and 302. If you haven't seen the space room, you need to make some space in your schedule and check it out. All right, space. This slide is supposed to be first, in front of the credits. Yeah, okay. Just, you know, I love it when a plan works perfectly. A little bit of science, a little bit of fiction. Best and second place for small space mock, medium space mock, large space mock. Best and second place for small moon-based module, large moon-based module. So we have an award for best moon-based end cap. Award for most humorous mock. Those of you that are physicians got that one. Best detail and or grievel and best asteroid. I think that was actually my spelling mistake, so what the hell? Now quit all this funky, why do I have to watch it? <laughs> now quit all this funky dive talk. We want to know who the winners are. Does anybody here actually care who won that stupid season? No, I didn't think so. All right, second place, small place mock goes to TA10 Starhawk, Fredo Gonzalez. John Fredo. Spacey Macy, all right. Theme, the world of comets and quasars. Best small space walk, mock, walk, whichever. F-R-A. Uh, this great there, Braum Longrex. All right, Braum. I love warp speed. Second place, medium space mock. Violet Violence. I got it out right on the first try. Patrick Bunn. That part I mangled. Patrick. All right. Best, I break for space aliens. Best medium space mock goes to Stargate, Kelly McKernan. Congratulations, Kelly. Yeah. I'm not seeing any harmonical mats on there. What's up with that, man? Gotta hold that part. Okay. Oh, so that makes it better. Hey. Black holes are pretty. Second place, large space mock. Parv, post-apocalypse reconnaissance vehicle. Dave Eaton, come on, Dave. <laughs> That's large space mock. Espoir de Lyon, Daniel Rubin. Yeah, I've got a question. Did you have disqualified yourself because I had no floor? Yeah, but you should have just DQ'd the vote because you had no bottom. It fell off. You had a bottom. I don't want to hear about your bottom. Okay. Second place. We're going to stop talking about his bottom now. Okay. Small moon based module, Sector 9, Ben Davis. Yeah. That small moon based market space Phoenix by Phantom Spaceman. Me. Very nice. 
Second place, Large Moon Base Brick Journal by Jim Folds. That's not taking your work home with you. Oh, I could not. Blacktron plus Futuron is happiness. That's true, actually. Space Police have arrived. Nothing to see here. Best Large Moon Base Module. Meridiani Planum Nuclear Facility by Adrian Drake. Very nice. Take that iron right thing home and enjoy it. If it's space, you know it's good. Outhouse by Fuzzy Gregory, best moon base, NCAP. Uh, so we have what's going on in the bottom there? Are those your gold bricks, or what, what happened there? Okay, Romfard, best asteroid. Please don't feed the Astro Bears by Jeremiah Vandermark. You gotta love his space hover car because Stephen got portholes. I mean, how cool is that? No one can hear you scream in Lego space. Most humorous space mock. I wanted to laugh that made us giggle like a little girl. Lenny, you always giggle like a little girl. Creation Soylent Moonbase Builder Name. I think that's Paul. We, we, I think we wanted that. Those of you that didn't get a chance to see this, this is an animated creation, and I have to, I think I'm filing a protest with the SPCA, assuming Jar Jar's are animals. Okay. Loving that Lego space, best detail, and or Grebo? The order to the detail that is the hotness. Judged by, I guess, Judge Jeannie. She should know about hotness. Heaven's Kitchen, Kevin Jonesy Heckle. What is that shirt say? Bob Nagy. Did you know you were going to win this one? What's going on with that? And that's it for space. Thanks very much. Okay, Technic Mindstorms, presenter John Barnes. Credits and highlights. Coordinator John Barnes, photographer John Barnes, not in drag this time. Uh, Nine Mindstorms, room 322, 321, and the competition has been right here. Highlights, daily feeding time, see everything in operation. This year's awards, best mock, most intriguing mock, mine rescue competition winner, FLL 2004 challenge competition winner, tag team sumo competition, and super mega sumo competition winner, which we don't have pictures of yet because none of us have a camera that fancy. So <laughs> winners, best mock, SS Clickorpion, Kevin Clay. <laughs> Most intriguing mock, PDA2, Kevin Clay, sit down and then come back up again. <laughs> Mine Rescue Competition winner, New Extractor, Jean-Marc Petrov. Tag <laughs> Team Sumo winner was a draw. Flatliner by Steve Hassenplug. Up against Virus, Nate Eckerson. Two. Robots. We need to have a draw off or something. But anyway, you guys both won. And it turns out we were thinking that because this was a team event, that you could, that we we actually got two sets of bricks engraved because we thought that there might be a winner with two robots by two different builders. Fortunately for us, 
we had those two sets of grades, we were able to give out the uh, trophies to both. Is it Nate Erickson here? No? Okay. Uh, one little note here, Steve, um, I think he was trying to handicap himself. One of his robots apparently was his mind rescue bot and didn't actually do anything useful. But he managed to win anyway. Or tie. Using just one bot against two everybody else's. Uh, can we have it with three robots next year? Yeah. Okay. FLO 2004 Challenge Competition winner, Rick Breaker, Michael and Benjamin Ty. And our final award, Super Mega Sumo Competition, be here or be square. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Train in town. Yeah, train. Okay, trains is really all there is to say. Credits and highlights, layout coordinator, Pierre Norman, assistant coordinator, Steve Barilli. Photographer Norman and Burley. Lobby and room 250 for overflow. Highlights, Hughes train layout, six. Oh. Okay, well that was the original plan. Hughes train layout, six clubs, individual contributions, train theme building technique session, and of course the highest highlight of all, trains, yeah, okay. Judge, town, best small building, best large building, small vehicle, large vehicle, most detailed, realistic. Judge, train, trackside structure, freight car, passenger stock, diesel, electric, and steam. We had an MOW category, but we actually had no maintenance away entrance. So note to self, next year, enter a maintenance away. Okay, the results then. Best small building, Galador Diner, Tony Perez. Best Light Building, Sand Hills Hotel, Jeff Gray. Winning two categories, not bad, Jeff. Best Small Vehicle, Pierre Norman. First Amendment, These glasses are not working out very well. Best large vehicle, fire truck, Mike Bader. <laughs> Most detailed or realistic, urban landscape, Michael Claro. <laughs> some of these guys that won some of this talent stuff also, in case you didn't realize, it did very well to build the trust as well. Best trackside structure, interrail, metro, elevated station, say that three times fast. Thomas and David Nishan. You guys can fight over it. Maybe you can play uh, Dirty Brickster and see who gets open. <laughs> I like the way you think, Chuck. Best freight car, piggyback flight with 30 foot trailers, builder Robin Werner. Best Passenger Train, O-Train, Jason Alamon. Yeah. 
that goes on on the O train. You know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> but it's electric. You be Miranda. Daniel House. Fifteen, Norfolk and Washington, twelve, eighteen, Paul Bethel. That's it for training this town. Thank you very much. Vignette. Vignette coordinator was Janie. Vignette photographer, John. Yeah. Highlights, astounding, highly recognizable creations, moments past, present, and future, from the movies, history, and literature. Some humorous, some tongue-in-cheek. What's the difference there? Many sick pics can be found amongst the displays. My tongue is not in my cheek. Alright, this year's award, most humorous, most contemplative, most intricate, best sick big, and best of show. The winners! Well, see right. Burning Sensations, you have Yeah! <laughs> Most contemplative, the Brick Bar, Scott Quirk. Those of you that have been giving a chance to see this one, there's scenes from Shakespeare, hence the name. There's a lot of very famous scenes there. Most intricate, Under Siege by Magnus Lago. Still what you know, I guess. Best Sick Big, Shades of Grey, Kurt Worland. And Best of Show, Death of the Super Agent by Adrian Dre. Concludes the awards presentation. Thanks very much, everyone. Great mock. Thank you, Larry. Thank, thank you so very, very much for uh, the number of uh, hours that you spent coordinating, coordinating that with all the other room coordinators uh, to get that together. Um, I'd like this time to. Um, ask uh, young Mark to please come up and to provide us with a form of entertainment. <laughs>
And uh, it was in a pretty bad shape, so we have to find out now uh, how, he, how he was uh, murdered and where. So uh, for that, I would have to choose um, to select first a uh, weapon. So first you describe what you see in every box. Well, you can show to everyone. You you will choose anyways. That's a gun. <laughs> I didn't know that much about it. <laughs> poison. how to uh, move the, the box over the card. You can move any square you want, but not diagonally. So the tape will reveal everything. I don't know whose uh, tape player it is, but uh, thank you in advance. Hopefully not. <laughs>
Bell to take away the kitchen. Now be careful now. <laughs>
remove it, move it until it stops. Continue to push it. Push more. Okay, it stops right here. So we take the first. <laughs> well, <laughs> we take the first cards away. And then we line the card like this, you know, with whatever. Yeah. Because now the card has to choose the card where it is. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, if, if you go back, so, and you push the car again, it stops in front, well, it spins a little bit, so, in front of that car, so, try to see if it's the right car. This is not the right car. Well, I didn't do it on purpose, though, but, <laughs> the intention was here again. And uh, because the time is counted, I will give the, the rest to uh, Christina. Thank you very much for <laughs> Hello, can I have a favor of you Are you playing the stage for the auction? Hello? At this time um, okay. in the evening, I would like to turn this microphone over to JPP to uh, provide us with some more uh, updates and uh, good old Lego info. Four jobs. 
hey, I've never met you in person, and I've only talked to you on email, or I've only seen you on, online. This is so cool to actually put a name to a face. The next couple of years, sort of focus more on... Hold the mic closer. The next couple of years, focus more on the uh, on the idea that we're actually seeing each other again. You know, it's nice to see you. I haven't seen you since last year. And this year, there's a whole room full of new faces that uh, I haven't met before until this weekend, which is great. You know, that's, uh, the size is growing and the number of new people is growing and that's, that's wonderful. It warms my heart. But the uh, best part about this weekend is that Christine is not stressed like she usually is. <laughs> well, I can say at least she doesn't hear that way. So, um, first of all, I'm going to talk about a couple of things before I get to uh, the, the really good stuff. But, um, I posted a while back, I think on my blog, that uh, one of the coolest LEGO themes, if not the LEGO, coolest LEGO theme that was ever to be, is coming shortly. I'll get back to that. <laughs> so just a couple of brief updates. Um, Vikings, as you've already heard, October in North America. Uh, it's, a, it's a TRU exclusive. Um, and apparently, some of the TRUs have already gotten some of them. Not quite October, so they're out there and they're coming soon. And um, this is a good lesson when people ask, well, is it coming? And all I can say is, have patience. Because it did come. Um, it'll also be in Shop at Home towards the end of the year. And I'm not really sure when, but it's coming to Shop at Home as well. Um, as you see, newest team member, I actually have more help, which is wonderful. Jan Beyer, who's been working with uh, some of the European communities has been around for just over a year now, um, but we've also uh, been able to hire super intern Steve, and he's starting September 1st, so Steve, I'm So you'll, you'll probably be hearing more from uh, the community team through Steve as well as me. Um, he's going to try and take on some of the, the public personas so I can do some, some more strategic stuff and do bigger and better projects uh, and he can handle some of the more tactical things. So if you hear from him, don't worry, I'm still around. Uh, and just one quick update. If you haven't heard about my bricksonthebrain.com slash blog site, uh, I've been posting mostly every day. I'm trying to keep up with just uh, sort of the travels that I have throughout the world and throughout the company to kind of help share some of the insight of, of what I'm seeing and what I'm doing. And uh, somebody asked a while back, you know, Things happen and we think that we know what's going on, but it sure would be nice to know about it. And I thought, well, what better place to, to do that than on a blog, right? So, um, like I said, I'm trying to keep up usually once a day. But, yeah, so um, last year we had we had some, had a concept, this uh, uh, activate the sleepers. You know, we, we talked about this idea that wouldn't it be great if all these people, like the woman who was on TV having her house, uh, one of her rooms anyway, rebuilt from an entirely Lego room into a, a non-entirely Lego room. Um, when I contacted her and said, hey, what do you think about the community? I haven't seen you post. You know, where do you post? And she said, what community? I thought, well, wait a minute. If somebody like this doesn't understand, well, that, that's kind of scary. We need to figure out a way to get people excited, right? So we, we talked about that last year, last year's Brick Fest. But this year, um, the, the, the concept um, was, well, that's cool. You know, we've we started to um, 
we started to have some, some great success in getting people excited, but also not outside the company, but also inside the company. As you can see from the number of Lego employees that are here, uh, the fact that our new CEO, Yorn uh, B, was, was speaking to you this morning. And sort of the, the original vision of Lego Direct, which was to, start to try and break down the wall, to blur the lines between what was outside and what was inside, has really started to come to be. In this, this picture, when I saw this picture from some of the Milliard stuff, I thought, what an incredible picture, because if you don't know these people here, you can't tell who works for the company and who doesn't. They're working on a project side by side. You heard, if you went to the Milliard session earlier, you heard all about it. We can, we can talk more about it uh, after the session if you, if you want to know more about the project. But it's a wonderful project where the Lego company and the Lego fans are coming together, both for their own individual reasons and having a great time with it. So when and we've been talking about this for this project for several years now, but um, this year for, for the community team has been much more about I think this box here, sorry. Oh. This year's been much more about what I've been calling connecting the players. Trying to create um, some, some more formal activity between these relationships that have been formed. I'm sorry? trying to create some formal relationships between um, fan groups, individual fans, and people inside the company. We've been doing a lot, a lot of things over the last five years that I've been here and the last five and a half or six that LEGO Direct was formed, trying to get closer to the community, trying to blur that line, trying to break down those walls and, and create a, a better relationship. But the problem was that the better the relationship got you know, as an overall picture, it became more and more difficult to keep up, right? Because we had so many relationships, there wasn't any good way to keep up with all of them. And as many names as I remember, I start to forget them. And uh, as many projects as I can work on, it's, you know, I'm limited by you know, the, the amount of time in the day. So this year has been a lot more about uh, this idea of you know, creating connections between the adult hobbyists and the appropriate colleagues to, be, to begin to fully integrate the fan community with the internal community. How are we doing that? We're doing that by three big tasks, um, formalized. So programs like um, like the LEGO Certified Professionals or uh, the LEGO Ambassadors where we're trying to create some situation where there's a more formal connection. Um, the Ambassadors, for instance, is all about what I've been calling a trusted group of colleagues who don't happen to work for the LEGO company. Uh, somebody who understands the LEGO community, somebody who um, is under NDA with us so we can share a bit more and they can have some better discussions with us. Um, and that we can really open up a bit more. And again, that line becomes, well, are they inside the company, are they outside the company? Well, who cares? We're, we're working together and things are moving forward. That's, that's the important part. But a lot of that has to be formalized so that we can, uh, so that we can move forward because there has to be a certain amount of trust and there has to be a certain amount of security if we're sharing new product ideas or new concepts uh, with people outside the company. But also to, to strengthen as well. So uh, there's been a lot of, um, there's, there's been a lot of activities and projects that have been happening, but you know they may they may hit a certain point where um, there isn't because there isn't much formalization to it. It starts to die off over time. Um, one party may lose interest or may lose the ability to keep up with it or that sort of thing. So trying to really strengthen the relationships that already exist, uh, in addition to sort of formalizing uh, some, some different programs or some of the relationships between uh, the, the community and, and the company. And then, of course, to expand. Um, this year, we've, we've launched both the Certified Professionals and the, um, the LEGO Ambassadors programs. Um, those are new in, in this idea of being able to better connect the company to the community in ways that are 
actually able to, to keep to keep going and to pass the Jake bus test. If Jake gets hit by a bus, does the program continue to run? So, and, and that's sort of, you know, with a lot of these activities, I want to make sure that if, if anything ever does happen to me, or, you know, hopefully if I ever get promoted someday, <laughs> that I can leave these behind and it keeps running and, and the, the projects are strong enough, they're, they're broad enough, and they're formalized enough that they just keep right on running well into the future. You know, my hope is that when I retire, we can look back on these things and say, wow, you know, when remember when Rick Fest was 350 people instead of 350,000 people or whatever the number is? And, you know, we can, we can look at programs that started this year, started last year, and started next year and say, wow, this is really cool. It's still running. It's still going. It's still doing good stuff for, for both the community and the company. So, like I said, the Lego ambassador, the professional, the, the Lego fan site, um, you know, getting uh, more integrated between the company and the fans through the Lego fan site, but also the Lego Inside Tour. Um, that was a, another one of those examples where we have all these people asking us, well, we want to come see you. We want to come talk to you. We want to come spend time and see what's, what is in Billund and what's going on with LEGO. And there wasn't a really good way for us to do that in the past. Well, we thought, well, let's put a program together and make that happen so that people can come over and can hang out with us and talk to designers and do those sort of things. So in, in this idea of uh, connecting the players, this isn't just about the interaction between um, the LEGO fan community and the LEGO company, it's also about how we actually design products for consumers in general. It's the idea that, as you heard from, from your interview this morning, it's not just about us creating products, it's also about you creating products and sharing them with other people, with us, with other members of the community, with other consumer groups, whether they're kids, teenagers, other adults, whatever. We don't have a lock on creativity, as you can see clearly outside. As you can see clearly from all the awards that won, we're not the only ones that can come up with great set designs. How do we actually connect you with the rest of the world when it comes to set designs? And we've been taking a very long trip uh, through many, many steps, which you probably haven't seen much of or haven't really put all the pieces together over the last six years when uh, Mark Hansen, Rick Hansen, was hired uh, into the company to to look at a lot of these things and start working on a lot of these projects. And if you start to think about the history of um, how long, how far back LEGO Direct goes, but even before LEGO Direct was around, you can see in 2000 LEGO Mosaic launch, the idea was that you we, we created a system of you know, these pre-packed bags, the ability to go in and design your own set. Granted, it's a limited set and it was you know only five colors, but the idea was still there. Well, that was the very first step that we were taking where we weren't doing something that was just a set, that was packaged in quantities of, of thousands, and then sent out the stores <coughs> and put on shelves. If you wanted just one, you could get just one. That was an experiment that worked well. We learned a lot along the way. And we then sort of took some of those ideas and transitioned that into the My Own Trains concept. It was a customization in a different way. We thought, well, what about if somebody doesn't necessarily want to completely design from the ground up? design something from scratch, whether it's their picture that they're digitizing or some other design artwork of some sort. What happens if they want to sort of build in chunks? Is that interesting to consumers? Or is this one of those things where if you want to do customization, you need to do it from the beginning, from, from something that starts from scratch? So the idea of doing um, doing a, a sort of a core unit with customization coming from, from colors 
their experiment. Worked quite well, learned a lot along the way, adjusted our production systems along the way. Which then, of course, led into, or was, was sort of being talked about at the same time that we were saying, well, what happens if we, again, we don't have a lock on creativity. How do we get some of the designs that you guys build into the production process? So we came out with the, uh, worked out relationships with Dan Siskin and James Mathis to come up with the three mock sets. Understood more after we released them, as, as we released them about, number one, the process of, of how you go about something like that, the process of how you market something like that, and what happens with, with a set designed by a consumer. Do other consumers get interested about that? Do they get excited like we thought they'd get excited? And of course, that, um, all these things were a progression. It was a, it was a progression over time that led to an ultimate vision, which we'll talk about in a second because it's coming here. The, um, the, the last couple of pieces of this, and you know, we even, I want to even make the comment about the internet-based internet ordering, the idea of shop at home. We really revolutionized the way we were selling on the internet when LEGO Direct started. Actually, we created the method of selling on the internet when LEGO Direct started. Again, there was a lot of lessons that have been learned since, since that first site launched in, what was it, September of 2000. And we continue to improve, we continue to learn about what our market is, what types of people are buying online, what they're interested in, what the products are, all that sort of thing. And recently, a year or so ago, we launched LEGO Digital Designer. The idea was when we, and, and we've been working on that for several years. I was still living in New York when we started that, and that's been four years now, three years. Um, we started working through that, the idea of can, can consumers, to a, to a very young age, build digitally? There's been a lot of discussion about, oh, no, no, consumers aren't going to be interested in designing digital products, digital Lego uh, mocks. They're, they're not able to do it if they're too young. They're not, there's no one that can build a piece of software that can allow kids that are fairly young to go in and build virtually. That was a lot of the things that we were hearing from, from market research, from the industry, from some of our colleagues who had gone down that road with products like Lego Loco before. And so we said, well, let's try it. Let's see what we can do. So I, I, I think we can end much to March pushing. Said, I believe in this idea. I believe that kids can build virtually. So we started going down the path of, of building a piece of software that turned into like a digital designer. And we see over and over again that kids can build, consumers can build, as you saw from the contest for Lego Factory that, that, that are going to be raffled off tomorrow night. Um, that, that vision of saying to consumers, use this piece of software to build something, and then the winners of the contest will get turned into real sets. See how that works. We didn't have any idea. We, we could have launched it and it didn't work at all, and we didn't end up with any sets because we didn't end up with any entries. Who knows? Let's try it. Well, it turns out that we got a lot of entries. <coughs> we learned a lot along the way. And we said, you know, okay, we're getting a little bit closer to our vision of what launches in August the idea of being able to buy your own sets. And when I say your own sets, sets that you've designed, or sets that he's designed, or he's designed. The idea here is that in August, August 26th, 25th-ish, <laughs> oh, August 25th, you've heard it from Mark, you'll be able to go in and use LEGO Digital Designer, design your own set however you want based on obviously limited palette of elements, upload that model, buy however many copies of that model you want, or allow somebody else to buy as many copies of that model as they want. Which means when Lenny makes something really cool, I can now have it. 
it has trains, so it's okay. And it's peer pressure, by the way. My local club has basically forced me because they're only into space, and so I'm trying to get them into, into trains through space. It's all right. So I'm not sure you can see this very well. Um, few more weeks and you won't have to see a graph like this, you can see it in person. But the idea, of course, is that you can go into uh, the legofactory.com website and then into Shop at Home to actually pick models from a gallery of, of other creations that have been uploaded and buy that model. Or you can go into Digital Designer and design your own set, upload it, and then buy it through Shop at Home as well. Yeah, it is pretty cool and it gets cool. Now, again, this is this idea of, of six years worth of of discussion, of trying different product ideas, of learning lessons the hard way and the easy way, mostly the hard way. We've learned a lot about what we're comfortable with, and we believe in this vision enough that we're going at a pretty drastic change of pace. But you can imagine, look, look back five or six years and think, okay, all those steps to get to where we are now, where we're launching in a couple of weeks, August 25th, Lego Factory. Now, that, there was a certain period of time and a certain period of this amount of steps that got us there. Imagine if we take that and flip it the other way. What happens in six years if we keep going in the same path? If this product, if this concept is successful, which I'm confident it will be, and we learn lessons here and we keep applying things. What happens in six years? I don't know, but it's going to be very cool. You can imagine some really neat stuff happening. Uh, just a very quick picture, probably one you can see a little better, but you can see from you know all the all the models that have been uploaded in this, on this screenshot of the, the gallery images and the ability to buy it, rate it, uh, get the piece count, things like that, get the name, the, who built it, those sort of things. Now, as you heard, you want to be talked about this morning. Trains been a very difficult product for us across the board. Because big box retailers are having a hard time stocking big sets, um, the, the evergreen problems, they're, they're wanting something new all the time. We're working on that and we're, and we're making progress, but it's still it's always sort of an ongoing problem about how do you get trains out across the board. And more importantly, when you look at Europe, and trains are, are much, much more popular in Europe than they are in North America, unfortunately, um, the, the desire for trains in Europe is, is a little bit different than it is here. It's, it's a very popular thing, very popular, and that does, isn't just for Lego, that's across the board, all train products and all train concepts, especially in Germany. But with, uh, with the toy market, the trains that are, that are interesting are a much younger age. They are typically lower than our current age grade. And you heard uh, Jorn B. talk this morning about trying to reduce the age range of the city sets and, and, and the, some of the uh, which trains fall into uh, the city concept, trying to reduce the age of those and upgrade the age of the Duplo stuff so that there isn't quite the gap that's been there that's existed in the past. And the other thing, too, is that there's incredible competition in Europe for trains because it is a popular thing. So how do we actually solve this problem? And more importantly, how do we solve the problem with younger skewed trains without messing up the vision of what trains are that exist today, because obviously there's a lot of people here and a lot of people around the world that are very interested in trains. How do we protect that at the same time that we're coming up with something for a, an entirely different audience without having to take two entirely different directions and two entirely different product portfolio uh, concepts, which of course is hard to maintain, hard to deal with, hard to keep up with. 
and it also messes with the cost because now you're dealing with two different product lines entirely. Not to mention all the problems that would be had by going in a completely different direction for that, that younger age range and one for the older age range. So with Lego factories, one of the interesting things about that is it's not just a product concept. It's not a theme like Vikings or like some of the technique sets even, or trains for that matter. It's a product platform. It's something that can have a number of things sort of added on top of it. So when, when we first started talking about the idea of, the, of what we've been calling the play train, this younger age range, uh, younger age skewed train, one of the things that really had to happen was that we had to compete head to head with the, the, the trains that existed on the market. Those trains are very typically using uh, remote control. They're typically much, much uh, more filled with the boxes. You know, those boxes you open from those from those play trains are just packed full of stuff. With the RC stuff, now first of all, you may be thinking younger age trains. You may be thinking, you know, oh, they're doing a play train. It's going to look more like Duplo. It's not going to be, uh, it's problematic. In the past, we've said to ourselves, hey, we need to come up with a new theme. Typically, especially with trains, what have we done? We've scrapped everything that's existed. 4.5, 12 volt, 12 volt, 9 volt. Nothing's been compatible, nothing's worked together. There hasn't been any sort of integration between the two. That's, that's bad. That would have been very bad. And I would have made it out of here live if that's what I was announcing. <laughs> <laughs> so what we, what we tried to do very hard is to make, instead of creating something new that, that sort of fits well with the 9 volt system, what we tried to do is stretch the 9 volt system. So the 9-volt system becomes something larger that includes more things than it does today, rather than coming up with something entirely brand new. So when you look at stuff like the very, very preliminary picture I'm going to show you, which is not anywhere near final, this is the type of train car that we're talking about for the play train. As you can see, it's much more simplified than something like the BNSF Loco or the, the Santa Fe set. But it's not something that is so, so, so juniorized down to a, a Duplo level or something entirely new. We're stretching the system. We're simplifying what we have to make it work for both audiences. And I can actually see, based on parts, based on maybe over, overall design even, there would be some interest in this particular type of set. Now, the biggest, the biggest change, um, it, it, I mentioned the RC, um, and we'll come back to that in a second, but the, the bigger change is the track. The track for um, for the play train is going to be plastic only, no metal on the rails. Now, that doesn't mean that the metal track is going away. It's still going to be sold just like it is today. Um, certainly shop at home and most likely brand retail as well, just like it is today. So there's no change as far as that goes. No change. <laughs> no change. Now, what this does do, however, is like I said, we're taking the system and stretching it and including more things in the system overall. As you can see, the new play train plastic rail and the existing metal rail fit perfectly with each other. So if you decided to run an RC control play train on metal rails, there's no problem there. Obviously, you can't go the other way, but that's sort of the nature of the beast we're, we're faced with. It doesn't mean that you couldn't mix plastic rails and metal rails together. And in fact, it'll be really interesting to see how that, how that is, is mixed together over time in different layouts. 
I know some some clubs have told me in the past, you know, I really wish we get an RC train because it'd be nice to put on our on our on our side so that we can have this part of the, the loop running remote control, but this part running remote or uh, running uh, based on the speed controller. Um, so that's you know to be to be perfectly clear, we're not getting rid of the metal rails. The electronic system that is in place today will continue to be sold, continue to be around. And what we're doing with the RC is, and the, the, the road control specs, the infrared specs, all that is still being worked out. It's still a year away. So I'm, I'm trying to reveal as much as I possibly can, and I've spent two weeks really hammering away to get this stuff out. But um, the, the key here is that uh, we're using RC, and we're using a, uh, and this is very, your light switch is somewhat interesting. Kind of hard to see because it's black, but the change here, again, stretching the system, the change here is that this is a standard base plate, standard train base plate that now has a bump to it where the, the IRI is. The key there was that we, again, we wanted to make sure that there weren't any incompatibilities, that you could use this plate train concept within the existing train concept and that we're stretching it so that there is things that meet both the, the play train audience and what we've been calling the hobby train audience. So that we do have one big system that works very well together and that it has now more options for everybody. The fact that we're removing the plastic rails lowers the cost on those sets to a point where we can pack them full of stuff like you would not believe. Because those metal rails, believe it or not, are extremely expensive to produce, as you can tell by the price point on them. That production process, that two-step production process and the type of material that's used so it's non-toxic and all that is very, very expensive. So when, when, it, when a child opens the, the, the new play train set, and I don't even have all the final details because I'm not even sure that they're finalized yet, it, that thing is going to be packed full of stuff. So it really is, in, instead of what we have been trying to do right now, which is take the, the existing electrical system and sort of uh, reduce the price point to a point where there isn't a whole lot in the boxes. You know, the high-speed trains were actually fairly low park count. It was really just the train and a car and the track and the controller, and that was it. This is going to have much more in it, which there'll be more details released on later. But again, the idea is not to juniorize, it's not to create something all brand new. So my assumption is, from what I've seen so far, that the, the those boxes are actually going to be usable by people who build trains. Not all of it, of course, just like not every, not, you know, somebody might use a binacle set for some particular thing, but maybe not all the pieces are something you, you actually use every day, but uh, there, there is going to be some crossover. Now, what happens to the, the production process for the sets? And one of the, one of the concerns that I know came up when uh, we pulled together a group of, of four of the adult fan enthusiasts uh, back in August, I believe, August or September, um, to start talking about this stuff so that we could make sure that there was, from, from the moment that this first started being a discussion, there was adult fan input. So we got um, Holger Mathis from Germany, Hugh Millington from the UK, Steve Burley from the US, and Mike Walsh from the US. Both Mike and Steve are part of the LCO, of course. And put them under NDA and really started sharing a lot of what we were doing. They were actually giving feedback regularly into this process so that we could make sure that we weren't missing anything and that all the concerns that would be voiced by the community were voiced when there was still plenty of time to make changes and to do things like make sure that the design of this plate was compatible and fairly standardized to what is happening now and those sort of things. And one of the concerns, of course, was that by doing something like the plate train, resources are taken away from doing more with the hobby train. 
which isn't necessarily the way things work, but it's, it, it's a valid concern. So what happens with, uh, with the 9-volt system if uh, the, the retail effort is, is getting put behind the plate train? Well, number one, that's actually a good thing because now there's actually interest from getting trained into retail. Uh, they may be a plate train, they may be the, the gateway into the hobby train, but they're still on the shelves. Now, with, uh, with the sets, we've been, we've been fairly slow in releasing sets, I think you'd agree. But the, uh, the, there hasn't been a rush on, on producing train sets in the last few years, although we've done more than maybe we've done in years past. But we've done them all through shop home, we've done them as exclusives, and, and they've done very well most of the time. But you know, if we we're lucky to get two sets out of here, maybe three sets if we're doing really well that year on, on getting time in the production cycle. So how do we actually get more of these sets? Well, like I said, Lego Factory is a product platform, not a product theme. So what happens when you open up the world to the most creative hobby train system in the world? What happens when you make Lego Train Factory? Part of, part of the Lego factory product platform. We're still working on the details. Lots of stuff to figure out how we're going to actually pull this off. We've got a pretty good game plan in place right now. But the idea here is just like somebody can build a train model, upload or sorry, a Lego factory model of whatever it is they choose to buy, and upload it into Lego factory. Lego Train Factory is going to be the next evolution of that that we're actually developing right this second as we're about to launch Lego Factory and Lego Factory product platform. So the idea is that you'll be able to design a, a train set based on the train specific palette of parts that, are, that is in Lego Digital Designer, upload your design, and then buy your design, buy other people's designs just like Lego Factory, and before you know it, there's a pretty wide range of train sets that are available long term. They're available in mass quantity, whatever order quantity that you want to you want to purchase, and you can purchase anybody else's design just as well as you can purchase your own design. Pretty cool concept. I'm excited because the idea of having a robust train line becomes a reality because we're not the only ones now that are reliant on this production process. Now you guys are able to participate very actively in that process. Now, I'm sure there's tons of questions right now, so I wanted to make sure that there are plenty of, of opportunities to answer questions, both here and afterwards. Uh, Mark has been kind enough to volunteer as the product manager of Factory. What's your actual product type? Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess you could say I'm kind of the Yeah, and, and real quick before we do that, I'm, I'm cutting you off because I want I want to hear this as part of right before the question. Mark has volunteered to um, to come into a forum. Lego fan has volunteered to offer a forum, so he'll be around answering questions on that forum on an ongoing basis until whenever there's no more questions. Really. over to, to Mark to talk a little bit more about the product platform, the product concept, and then uh, we'll take some questions and, and 
no. answer anything, any concerns you might have? Thank you. I, I kind of like that people clap for it. I went six years in Lego to get people to clap for this. It, it, it's been a, uh, But now I'm going to challenge you. I don't want to wait six years to clap for you guys to stand behind me. Because what we're launching, August 25th, <laughs> is the first step. What's that? The server's going down on the 25th. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, I'll just give you a little background. August 25th, we're launching. And I'll tell you, there will not be a thousand elements out there. But what I will guarantee you is that we will be developing as many elements and putting them into a virtual palette as fast as we can. And as the months and the half years in the three-quarter years go by, we will be adding more elements. But it takes you fans to be involved with this because this is something new no other company has done. Some people have, you, you see with Procter & Gamble, you see with some companies of customizing their products. We've chosen train, we've chosen that you can build from certain pallets, but think about it, the space guys are in here. The Mindstorms guys are in here. Technique? You're there? <clears throat> I can count Technique fans. We will have an LED palette with Technique capability by June, July next year. So you will be able to deal virtually with Technique. That's a little bit of taking Jake next year's speech away. <laughs> um, but I'm open to questions right now. What you guys can imagine. <coughs> and one last note too before we jump into the questions um, we're still trying to figure out what the what the right process is to go about actually doing the next steps here obviously we <coughs> want to do a, a Lego train factory but we learned a huge amount when, at the beginning of this year when we did our, our Lego factory contest the way we went about um, sort of having a singular contest and having a singular direction so that people could we could try things out we could let users get used to the concept and have a very specific in result from that, which being being trained. The idea right now is that what we're going to do is two steps. We're going to release a ultimate train kit, train basically a train bulk box. We're still trying to determine whether that happens before or after the second piece of this, which is a train contest. Whereas sometime at the, towards the end of the year, we will have a locomotive and a wagon built by somebody in the audience, somebody in the community, somebody else in the world. The same basic idea as the, the one before. Uh, people will upload their models, other people will vote on them, and then at the end of the process, the winners will have a set with their name on it. That is the, that's sort of our, our our foundation, that's our, that's our training wheels, so to speak. Once we take the training wheels off, we implement LEGO, LEGO Train Factory. All right, and with that, questions? Yes, I think I've got one that's probably on almost everyone's mind, which is track geometry. The question is going to be, since the metal rails are um, compatible with the plastic, uh, are there at this point then uh, going to be enhancements in the geometry for plastic 
for plastic and metal or for, for metal or, or what? Or is it going to be exactly the same geometry in the plastic line? To start, it'll be exactly the same geometry. Now, there there is no, I mean, there, we had a discussion, as, as Torman mentioned last night, uh, or this morning, it's been a long weekend. We are, this is a constant ongoing discussion about how do we actually do that. Part of the process here isn't just how do we how do we make sure that we do some cool products? It's also how do we increase and improve the train system overall? The whole, the whole thing, the whole nine volt system, the whole, I'm not even sure it's the nine volt system now, it's the, the L gauge system. How do we improve it across the board? We know one of those things is track geometry. So what, what we have though, is if we, when we have Lego train factory, is we have an ongoing long-term commitment to trains. So that gives us more opportunity and more ability to get much further with the track geometry than we've gotten in the past when, when trains weren't the priority that uh, they're now becoming. So the answer, the very simple answer is not yet. Oh, it's much, much different than no. Much different than no. What are the system requirements? In other words, Windows, is it going to be for Windows and Mac, or is it just for Windows only? Or LED? Yeah. Yes, it will be Mac. On the 25th, um, yes, uh, you'll have a Mac version, and you'll actually have a little surprise you know, that will be coming on the 25th. Is Gabe still here? No, he's not. Um, there'll be a little surprise with that. I hope you guys, for Apple fans, will like. It won't be there for PC fans, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Apple is PC <laughs> now! Um, can we go back to that screen? If you've got other questions about the factory. It's one thing here that, that, that Jake forgot. I think I forgot to send him the slide. But it's actually a very important part. Is that your model that you order, meaning if you design this, will come on the box when you order it. So when I say on the box, it will be an inlay. It will be a box specially designed, they'll have a little cutout on it. So you have a box configured. <coughs> now the first couple of weeks, I just want to give you the heads up here because I know I'm going to get a lot of mail about it, about everything and how I should improve it. But after the first 14 days, you'll see more and more functionality for the box to come up. And you guys will get more and more responsibility to design and market your own product. Whoa. That's just a hint for you. Okay, question. And just one note about the Mac too, we've actually been beta testing with some of the adult fans already. So yeah, it's, it's been a very small limited beta release just to get things working. I know there's probably plenty of people going, but wait, wait, wait. Uh, but we are, we are testing the adult fans. We are getting their input on both Mac issues, but also just general usability issues as well, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, I don't know if can't speak for anybody else, but this is totally cool. Uh, Woo! The, one, the one thing when we do shows, people come up and say, I never knew you had Lego made trains. And we tell them they've been making them for 50 years, whatever. We've got the flyers that you send out, so we hand them out. I think the plastic thing uh, is going to be great because they see, they ask what the, how much it is. We tell them it's 150 bucks or something for the whole set. And I don't think it turns too many people off, but I'm sure it does. Now we can tell them whatever the price point is that consuming be a lot less. I don't know if you have a number for it yet, but whatever it is, it's got to be less than well, the whole thing. I think we can sell quite a few for you. Uh, we can tell them they come up, they can get started. 
they can try it out. If they like it, then they can always go bigger. So I just want to say, well. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too because it is, you know, it, if somebody used the, the, I don't know, maybe it was the Ilco presentation this morning. Somebody used the term gateway in you know, dot 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 drug, right? Uh, but the place train actually would be an incredible gateway because it's, it's going to be fairly simplistic to build, even for older people who maybe have never built a Lego set before. It's a great starting point, and as you mentioned, you know, let's here, move up to the next step if you want to. And that's precisely the idea: is that you know, instead of going from nothing straight into the nine volt, now you have a, an easier progression, both for for age and for skill level as well. I don't know anything about the price points. Um, what I do know is that even if the price point is exactly the same, the stuff in the box will be much more. So it, it will. There's still a perception issue, if not a, a price issue. I've got uh, at least three kids at home that will be really excited to uh, see their own creations on boxes. So I think, uh, again, it's a great idea. I also mentioned one thing, which is um, that there'd be an opportunity for us to actually market our own boxes. And I'm sure there's other folks here that already produce kits. Um, and I'm wondering, is there some sort of a, well, you know the question I'm going to ask. Is there some sort of a sharing of, of funds here that's going to happen? Or is, it, or is it sort of like a public domain thing where we don't get anything out of it? <laughs> well, how many here actually participate in Lego Factory competition? What was the prize in that? The grand prize. 5% of a royalty. It won't be 5%. It doesn't be for special cases only. But we do see, we will definitely pay. Um, and that's the idea here on the gallery. We see in the gallery that a lot of people start buying a model out of the gallery. We see that a lot of people start stopping looking at those models on the gallery. We will be contacting you. Um, and that's what it's going to be. That's an ultimate competition in a way, and the details of that will be released as we go here. But that's the meaning of what this is about. It's about globalization again, and putting hands of many to do design and creativity. It's, it's taken six years to get here. Again, imagine when we flip that six years the other way, what happens now that we've gotten to this point and we have a platform like this. Did you say that the, um, the flight train is going to have an IR remote control? Correct. Um, my, my, experience, uh, my experience with IR remote control is line of sight is that it works great for TVs, but it's terrible for things at the moment. So is that an issue? Well, it depends on what the, what the, the, the sub-question to that is it an issue question is. You know, let me, what I will do, because I don't know enough about the technology side of this stuff, I've been worried more about just the general concept and the, and the product itself and that sort of thing, the, the Lego factory integration. I don't know much about the actual technology. I also don't know much about it because it changes every time I hear about it. Because of the fact that it's still a year away from launch, uh, it'll launch next uh, next summer. So there's still opportunity to change, and they may very well have already changed since the last time I talked to them. So I'm not really sure about that 
what I will promise, though, is the moment that I'm able to release anything, you guys will hear about it. Now, whatever the technology is, it comes back to an issue of what the target is. The target is kids, and very young kids. So, line of sight may or may not be an issue with them. Now, it may be an issue, well, sure, I mean, they're, you know, the idea is that they're going to play with the train right there on site. They're not necessarily going to go build a 2,500 square foot Nittermare train layout. <laughs> and if they are, they get immediate access to Ilko, I'm assuming. <laughs> so, again, it goes back to what we're really trying to do. It, we're not trying to create a, an RC, a true RC system that is just amazingly well done for the hobby train part of it. We're trying to do something with the play train. Again, now that that, that that platform is established, and that we're again we're stretching this system out. Who knows what happens in years from now? But with the, with the hobby train. Uh, but again, I'm not sure. I'll get back to you. I don't want to. I don't want to make you feel like oh, there's something bad because I don't know enough to actually tell you one way or the other what the what the technology is at this point. Can we hope for pneumatics in June in LDD? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> yes, I can. I can say that um, the pneumatics is one thing that's really a very technical solution needs to be uh, made here in the next couple of I hope months. <laughs> that uh, it, it is the spring because when we do this with with technique, there's the difference between the system and the technique and building. One is because of the small connectors. The next, the pneumatics and the spring of the model actually simulate that in LED. We almost have it. It's very close. So pneumatics, we, we hope to have um, at some time here. So it, it, is the, it is the goal to have that. I'd, I'd say we've been very impressed with all of the uh, interaction that you guys are doing with this, especially with the digital train designer and trying to work with the community. One thought or suggestion with this, uh, a lot of the clubs have been trying to get a way to have interaction. Is there some way that you guys might be able to tie in if we've got a club that creates a train or a set or something else that's available through this, then they are doing a show having a way to work with that club so that they can get the people coming to the show direct access to the stuff that's up there so that we're partnering with them instead of just saying, hey, we've got something up there, go do it. Work together with the clubs to be able to take those mocks that are already there and sell them through the club and push it while we're doing the shows. Yes. <laughs> The great thing about working with Mark is that every single day that goes by that you talk to him, there's something new that wasn't there the day before because he's been able to figure out some way to make it happen. So what we launch with and what happens two weeks after that and what happens two months after that are going to be much different things. And part of the idea here is not to just have us saying, here's a bunch of models, but it's also to sort of slice some of those models, right? If you go into uh, to Amazon, I mean, how many products are, are there in all of Amazon? Thousands, tens of thousands. But they do, they do a lot of work to try and find ways to bubble up the best content. 
we don't want to be the only ones doing that. We want your help. And that's there's more information about that coming soon. But that also ties into we want your help not just in, in finding great content that exists there, but in helping to push that content. You know, that that sort of goes back to this this big part of Mark's conversation about the future of Lego Factory. The great thing too about Lego Factory is that again, it's a product platform. When you update a product platform, what happens to everything that sits on that platform? It's upgraded too. I got a question. Uh, Jay, um, thanks for this to be guest art. I won't even bug you about the colors. <laughs> Since I bugged you last year, not stop or guest art. Um, one quick thing about the IRR activate. And by the way, that was just for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the IRRF. Yeah. That is true. I'm expecting that check soon. <laughs> but it's the wrong rate. It started at 41. The IRRF thing for the uh, play trains, one advantage of using RF is you won't need a bump out on the plates. So if you bring that up with your designers, it can be flat, um, might use less plastic, will look cleaner. Right. Well, and they've been. They've, I don't even want to attempt to speak for them because I don't know enough about the technology side of things. I mean, clearly, you know more than I do about it, so I can't really have a very competent conversation at this point. But more information will be coming as soon as I can get it out. Absolutely. I think Steve's about to burst. Somebody give him a microphone. I got a question. Um, am I still under NDA? <laughs> Ask them the question. I can't answer them, right? Correct. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and I actually I want to take a second. Uh, I know only Steve of, of the group that we were calling Signal, um, the group of, of four fans that we worked with. Um, they were absolutely wonderful to work with, and I really want to I want to thank them publicly. Um, Hugh, Clover, Steve, and and Mike. They did an excellent job of keeping up with a nearly daily changing of our minds as we were going through the process of, well, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that, maybe we'll do this. And they handled it wonderfully. So thank you, Steve, and by extension, the other three guys for, for hanging in there with us. Hey, my name's Lenny. Um, I really, I, I really love the LEGO Factory idea. I love the possibility. I'm very, very excited about this. I'm a graduate student, so can you tell us about like what the price is going to be like? <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> I, I can say this, that you'll be able to design a model, you'll be able to come down to design a model for around fourteen dollars. That'll, that'll be around the, the lowest, the starting point to cover our cost and that to, to get this on. Um, you'll be able to go um, in, the, in the first stage up to around $50. Um, price points by February, March of next year, you'll probably be able to go up to about three, four hundred dollars So it'll, it'll range from 14 to about $400. So I hope you guys love to design very big. <laughs> and as you can tell, I don't know, how many people have picked up this Lego factory box here? That factory box there, that is heavy. That is impressive. And that's what your boxes 
can be done much more full. Now granted, virtual building instructions, guys, and this is something that, that we very much work on in coming with a better virtual building instruction. Um, coming with, I won't promise you in the next year, but higher quality possible prints, um, not included in the box, but it'll be probably a special service that will be provided for that for customized products. So it's something for you guys to, to think about. I have uh, one quick question. What is the uh, turnaround from us ordering it by paying for it when we'll be at uh, our house? How fast do you get Lego Direct products today? <laughs> the same. Two days. What's that? What this will do is when you're in the factory itself, you go into the factory front page. It's going to be about how you see the price, am I correct? Yeah. And, and the price of the, of the different... What it is, is as you design, because we got some different laws and lawyers here and things like that, we got a, a little, what do you call it, virtual wall in our internet site. One is content, one is the shop. Um, if you have LED and you're in the content side and designing, this will be a window, and this here will be a window. You upload the model, it'll tell you the price. We cannot show you price of the model in LED. That, so I hope I don't get much complaint. I would love to do it for you guys, but I cannot do it right now. Um, and when we figure out a way to get around or more popular, other things to do in the future, but you'll have two windows open, and every time you recheck the price, you recheck it um, by reloading up the model. So every time you load up the model, you can recheck the price. Um, and what happens here is that when you load this model up, you load it into the gallery, say you're very curious, what happens is that it'll give you inspiration models. The bricks that you use, it'll tell you every other model in the gallery that you can build with those bricks that you use. It will also, you'll have the building instructions for every one of those models that it comes up with, meaning if it comes up with 2,000 models, you can download those 2,000 building instructions. So, all right. Um, I really like this idea. This is really cool. Um, and and I really I do appreciate the, the, the using the trains as the, the launching block. I'm a castle head, and uh, as a castle guy, minifigs are a big part of that. What do you foresee? as many days and many big accessories in the future for this. Many figures. Right now, many figures are on the drawing board, but I can't give that away right now. But I'll say coming soon. Okay, I have a question about uh, the different pallets we saw. If there are going to be separate pallets, the airplane pallet, the train pallet, whatever, are we going to be able to build sets that mix parts from different pallets 
in our in our first release, the one that you see August 25th, because it's about teaching. I know everybody in this room here can probably build very very well, but we have another one and a half million kids that come to the site, and they got to get into this process. They got to get into loading down the. the so we simplify. It. You download one category category animals, airplanes. There's six or seven different categories. And then as we get moving, we'll start adding in more and more elements. So then you'll have a static where you can add one, and then you've got unlimited, you can add to as many bags and things as you want, or as many individual elements, or as many different types of elements that you want. So there'll be different functionality within LED that you'll be able to add elements to and from. Not the very first day, but it will be coming. Let's say like uh, Orion builds a set, but like 50 million people download it, yes. like to buy it. Like, would you consider putting it in stores, like so that it might sell even better? Yes. <laughs> 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 I, I I can kind of tell you, you know, this is this is. Cause I'll give Kel. The, the, the actual opportunity here because as Kelly, as Tormal, as Paul, as Jake, as me, there's a lot of people in LEGO that really believe in this idea. And the meaning of this idea when we brought it up, this is Kelly's factory, but it's more or less a gift for you guys to design products. And it's for you guys to come with that creativity to design those products. That's what we want to do. We are a creative play company. We want that creativity. It's not just the 200 designers in there. My dream, now this is personal in me, I want those designers to be customer service. I want those designers to talk with you guys, maybe not just you, but maybe you guys turn into customer service to teach other millions of kids out there how to design Lego models. When you guys go around to malls around the US and around Europe, wouldn't it be great that you could also do an internet forum of teaching thousands of kids how to build to get them excited about how to do it. That's what it's all about, attracting kids to have a whole different type of play. Uh, I wanted to ask, ask a more specific question on the pricing. Could you offer an idea of what the price per piece for, some, for an ordinary brick like a one by four might be? That's kind of a difficult. The bigger you build, the cheaper it gets. Um, like I said, the, the algorithm that we're designing for this to come up with pricing, there's a minimum. And then because we have bags, and then we'll become a new element, and then mixing these two functionalities together in order to figure out how we're going to fulfill these bags and boxes and, and all that different stuff, there's a lot of complexity. This program doesn't look like we changed much in a year, but if you look at our supply chain, I know I got the people who run the supply chain, my name is pretty much dirt in this company. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I used to be a supply chain guy, and now they call me trader and, and all this other stuff. So um, this, this is stuff that is really, really complex to run through a large company. And that's why I can tell you the whole company has really made great strides forward in the last years to bring this to you. And it's something that it doesn't take just one, two, or three people to do it. It's not just me. It is the company that is doing this for you guys. 
and to other fans, other consumers. And so the pricing, I'll get back to that, is that I'm not trying to be political about it, but when you start playing around with it, you, you'll see that you're going to pay for elements, but you're also getting inspiration, you're getting services around that. And the more that you use, the more that you design, yes, your prices are going to come down. It will be compatible to any product that you buy in the store. So, and we'll see how we go. Yeah, uh, well, the Lego factory have like a beginner section and an expert section, or is it all one large group? Um, when you come to designing with, with, with Lego, right now we have a, a big, you can say, I don't know if this is beginners, I mean, people are kind of in between here. If you've seen the competition, 70% were kids, 30% were adults. Now that's numbers, I don't know if everybody likes what their age, we had a lot of people 204 years old, and <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, you really can't go on that, but uh, um, we are looking to take LED to more professional versions. I know you guys don't want all those little simple functionalities on the bottom and you want a little more so you can build faster and the, and the cheats and stuff like that to go through. There's a lot more cheats in there than to the eye. So it's up to you guys to find them because you can eliminate and have a full screen with no key and it's all done by the keyboard and you can build everything by the keyboard. It's much faster doing by the keyboard. They're in there. You just got to find them. And with that, I think we're uh, we're all done for tonight. I will leave on the note that if you want to maybe ping Mark about what some of those things are, or you want to, I know there's a lot of hands up. We'll have a, a Lego fan forum uh, up pretty soon, sometime next week. I'm hoping. Where's Jeff? Where'd Jeff go? Next, next week, maybe. Yeah. Um, so you can really interact with Mark and ask him some more questions, and we can also get feedback from people who are not here tonight. So. Thank you very much. Wonderful to be here. I'm really glad that uh, this is six years.
And are there any last minute um, announcements that need to be made? Please, Scott.